So I I had actually uh, I I didn't get a chance to watch uh, some Monarchs when it played Sundance uh, earlier in the year. So when I when I saw that was um, playing at the Atlanta Film Festival, I actually got pretty excited to be able to catch up to it. And uh, yeah. I'm really glad I did. It was it's it's a lovely film. It really gives you a lot to think about. I think. Thank you. Um, what was the inspiration behind the uh, movie? Well, there's there's quite a few. I mean, I'm, the film the film is somewhat of a it's my second feature, um, and it's somewhat of a semi biographical film because it's about you know I was a I was a biologist um, for many years before becoming a filmmaker, and um, and I remember that when I was doing my PhD. I was doing a PhD in New York. I, I was having kind of a bit of a bit of an existential crisis where I was trying to figure out uh, where I belonged and my roots. And, and it was at the time where my grandmother died. So, um, so it was an interesting, it's sort of, I, after the fact, I realized that it was a little bit related to my own life, but that's one of the inspirations. The other one, the other kind of origin of the film was around um, you know, the monarch butterfly becoming a symbol for migrant rights hmm. um, because of the fact that the monarch butterfly migrates, you know, from Canada through the U.S. to um, to Mexico. And it became kind of a symbol. I started seeing it in, in protests where people would, would say, you know, I'm a monarch. Um, I should have the right to, to migrate freely. And so, you know, so these ideas came together. I've always been interested in combining science and, and spirituality as well. So that was another big element in, in kind of in my life is, you know, I went into science because of kind of the, you know, because I was interested in kind of the, the, you know, more than just the science, I was interested in kind of the metaphysical aspect of like learning about science and, and what it means to look at gen, like genes and the origins of life and those types of things. So th those were kind of the, some of the, you know, it's, it's always hard to figure out how a film is born. You know, it, it, it takes so many years to make, but, um, but it's definitely a very, it, it's based quite a bit on, on my life um, to some extent. When, when you uh, transitioned from being a scientist to being a filmmaker, uh, were there any particular traits or uh, ways of thinking that you transitioned over with when you uh, became a filmmaker? Yeah, I, I speak quite a bit about this because I feel like uh, scientists and filmmakers and scientists and artists in general, it's a very similar process because when you're, when you're working in a lab, you know, you have to do these kind of isolated experiments, but then you have to craft a story out of them and you, there's a technical expertise of, you know, of doing research, but there's also, you know, the ability of, of, of creating stories and pitching kind of research. Um, of course, there's a big component of it in my research because I was working on kind of the genetics of vision, which was interesting because it connected to cinema to some extent, but there's also kind of the imaging aspect of science, right? Mm -hmm. Using microscopes, capturing the world. So, um, so in, many, in many ways, my training as a scientist helped me quite a bit in, in organizing my brain when I, you know, I was making films. It wasn't so much a transition because I grew up in a, in a my, my mom is a filmmaker, my dad's a painter. So I hmm. sort of grew up in an environment where I was surrounded by actors and, and um, you know, I was on film sets once in a while, but, but I think that the science gave me my kind of the brain 
um, and also kind of ideas, which I delve into in, in some of my films. I'm also really fascinated by, by animals and why we study animals and how we are animals and these types of comments. So, you know, to some extent, I like to think of myself still as a biologist. I, I am a biologist still, but my kind of, my, my modus operandi, like the way I operate is, um, is using cameras and, and telling stories about in, in those worlds. Mm-hmm. The the uh, character Mendel in uh, this film, I I found him to be pretty uh, insular in the way he projects his emotions and the the way he takes in the world and takes in uh, different the way people are uh, talking to him just just the communication between humans and I mean I think that's definitely a scientific approach but I think that's one of the things that really makes that such and I can understand for some people not really making it easy to connect with him as the uh, main character of the movie but I I think it it really makes it more it it makes it easier for me at least to connect to him because of the fact that when those emotions come out, when you yeah. when he starts to express himself, it just makes it that more that much more impactful. Um, yeah. What was what was the thought process behind uh, writing the character? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good observation, actually, Brian, because it, that, that was one of the things that I that I struggled with, but I wanted to kind of stay stay firm about this idea that he was having kind of like this internal battle and he was actually very repressed and not able to really share his feelings and emotions and in a way he starts out like that you know almost like he goes uh, he undergoes a metamorphosis but early on in the film everything is kind of contained and and repressed and his safe kind of his safe spot is being in the lab being alone um being able to kind of meditate and it's not easy to create those characters because oftentimes you know when you create characters in film you yeah, it's not easy to, to, to create characters that are kind of silent, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, the moments where he, he actually burst out into emotions, especially at the end of the film with his brother, when, you know, he, like basically they, they end up crying. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's so impactful. But one of, the, one of the techniques that I tried to employ was to envision a little bit his interior world. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of what I was trying to do. Um, his dreams, his his fantasies, his imagination, him getting lost in the microscope and, and, and at some points imagining that he was under the microscope. And, um, and so those were kind of my ways of getting into his head was, was through kind of the, the, those, those dreamscapes and those fantasies and, and, and the laboratory shots. Um, and of course the voiceover, you know, he speaks over himself to some extent. He, he actually only starts speaking in voiceover towards kind of 30 minutes into the film, but he start. it's almost like this, this inner state is, is slowly waking up, mm-hmm. you know, from hibernation, which is also was an analogy with the, with the butterflies because the butterflies hibernate, you know, they sleep for many months before, before flying. So, so all of that was important for me to kind of, kind of take the, the image of the monarch butterfly also and use that as a, as a reference to build him as a character, but there was a lot of work with the actor in terms of kind of getting into that mindset. And, um, you know, he's played many different roles that, you know, kind of being an introvert scientist was, was new for him. You know, he, he was 
just coming out of Narcos, like a few few months before that. So definitely a different type of role. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, you know, it's I it speaks to the universality of your film, even though it's very specific in the story it's telling. I, you know, I thought about times where I've gone back to uh, where I grew up and. Uh, you know, how that impacted me and how I sort of, you know, it was not only a time for me to sort of decompress and sort of, you know, to relax to a certain extent, but it also allowed me to really think about um, who I was at the moment when, moments when I was growing up in, in that area compared to who I am now and just sort of reconciling that. And I, I think that's one of the, really lovely arcs that Mendel goes through in this film and uh you know it 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 really is it really does speak to a universality about the film where even though you're you're touching on ideas of migration immigration uh climate change and uh just the ways that um the ways that the modern world is seems to be dividing us a little bit more in terms of how we interact with nature that there is a there is something that's universal that's coming out of this film yeah yeah it, that it's yeah i, I definitely you, you hit on a very important point there which is one is our disconnect with nature the other one is that we're made up of so many different identities and um and the idea of returning home as you were mentioning I think I, I spoke to a lot of people that saw the film, you know, in, in the post-production and also in, in kind of the early, because we're just at the beginning of kind of the festival life of the film, but, but it speaks to a lot of people that have migrated, right? And mm -hmm. this idea of returning home, because the, what's interesting about returning home is that there's a sense of familiarity, but there's also kind of a sense of, as you were saying, you're like returning to another, another self of you, like another, mm -hmm. you're imagining yourself in another context but then you have people that haven't left that still think of you in that way. And I mean, it happens to me because I, you know, I'm, I'm it, whether it's even within the same country, you know, like between different States, but you know, I, I grew up between France and, and the U S and my mom is from Venezuela. And to some extent, everywhere I went, everywhere I went, I was considered to be kind of a, a foreigner, you mm -hmm. know, nobody ever actually, you know, so whenever I would go back to France, I'd be like, Oh, you live in the U S when I was in, so I thought it was interesting to kind of speak about those multiple identities that we don't, we don't often see, you know, a lot of times in films, it's about going somewhere and then staying there, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, and especially for, I mean, let's not even get into the whole, you know, you know, what happens with, with Mexican kind of representations or Latinos, because that's even more um, problematic because of, you know, there's a very specific way which we see Latinos in film that I wanted to to break away from. You know, mm -hmm. that we don't. Not, not every Latino is kind of crossing the border or undocumented. You know, there are many artists and scientists, and and you know, and of course that was that's been my experience. So, and I thought I thought that was an important. You know, even though it's a little bit more of a privileged migration, it was a it was an important story to um, mm -hmm. to tell. Uh, were there any particular the the movie is really uh, striking from a uh, visual standpoint at some points, uh, especially when he's 
in Mexico, especially when you see the monarch butterflies on the screen, were there any particular challenges that you had to in uh, capturing those images? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, before we were able to get access to the to the butterfly sanctuaries in in Mexico and in, in the state of Michoacan, where you know they they arrive and they hibernate there for a few months. Um, one of the complicated aspects of shooting there is it's in the state of Michoacan, which is also a relatively dangerous part of Mexico. It's where a lot of the you know cartels are. So you know Michoacan is known for two things: for like drugs and butterflies. So that's the two things they're known for. But um, but it took me a few years to go. I went there. I I also spoke to the people that um, work in the um, you know the biosphere that protect the forest. The fact that I was a biologist helped me get access. Um, but I had to spend a lot of time, you know, doing research, making short films. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they gave us access to, not only they gave us access to, because most of the time when they give access to these places, it's for, it's for like Nat Geo, you know, or mm -hmm. Discovery Channel. But the idea of creating a fiction was also an independent fiction film. I, you know, I explained to them that this was also a film that was about the town, was about, you know, was about immigration and these topics. Um, and so they gave us access and they also let us film right where the butterflies sleep, which is where the colonies are. So those first images of you see in the film, all of the butterflies are sleeping and you're actually not allowed to go there as the public because it's such a delicate, you know, mm -hmm. they're sleeping. And if you even like, you know, disturb them, they can all fall to the ground and, and die. So we had to try, we had to basically hike for four hours. We were only allowed to be like six or seven people we weren't allowed to have any reflectors, anything to disturb the, and we had to shoot in complete silence. Mm. And I remember, yeah, it was, it was very emotional because it was just, you know, it was, and we were shooting with the kids also that, that had to kind of whisper and, uh, and be very kind of careful there. But, you know, it was also kind of a bit of a improvisational because we didn't know, you know, everywhere you pointed the camera, there was, there was, you know, there were butterflies. I mean, it was like millions of butterflies. And so, a lot of the dialogue that came from the kids was uh, somewhat, you know, some of it was scripted, but some of it was improvised based on their reaction and, and kind of their experience there. And one of the opening shots of the film is these butterflies that are in the shape of a, of a, of a bear. Mm -hmm. It kind of creates like bear yeah. structure. Yeah. And the kid says, it looks like a, it looks like a bear. And so all of that was kind of unscripted, you know, just, just with the kids. But you know, it was very important for us to work with with this the organization, the conservation groups, the guides, and and make sure that we you know we did things properly. And of course, the film was then seen by them, and you know everybody's so excited about it. And it's you know these are these are as as is mentioned in the film, these are parts of the country that are riddled with economic. Um, you know, they're going through like very very difficult times. It's hard to attract tourists, um, especially now with the pandemic, it's been very, very hard hit. So, you know, so there's, there's a lot, um, I hope that the film helps kind of restore a better image and, and helps, you know, people come because they, they, for the most part, they survive off of butterfly uh, tourism. Mm -hmm. If there's anything that uh, you would like for audiences to come away from your film with, what would that be? Oof, that's a, that's a difficult one. Um, there's a lot of things. I mean, I, you know, 
I think that um, one of the things that I would love people to understand is that, um, well, I think one of, that we should turn to animals more often as kind of a, you know, we are animals, but we should look at how animals behave and operate as kind of like lessons and, um, and references. And so if we see that migration is something that is, you know, so common and actually leads to survival, we, sh- we, you know, we have a tendency as you were, as we were talking about before of kind of separating ourselves, not only within our own, you know, humanity, but especially from animals. And I think we should turn to them and, and just kind of observe them and learn from them. And I think that's, that's something that I try to do in my films um, and I always say that animals are much better actors than human beings. So that's something that I, and a lot of my films, you know, just to kind of give you, you know, uh, right now I'm working on a film about a jaguar, uh, but a lot of my films tend to have kind of animals as, as central, central characters. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Brian. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And, and good luck on for the film on the uh, rest of the way through the uh, film festival circuit. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some screenings in person at some point. You know when when yes when I I, I definitely hope so. <laughs> <laughs>